New worship team. Um, Oh, he is so worthy of our worship. Anyone here for the first time tonight? Gentlemen, welcome, welcome. Um, a bunch of semi guys. Well, I'll watch what I say. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, so, Steve's not here tonight, is he? No, he always sits. All right. Um, Steve, some of you will know, he always sits in the back corner there. Um, he he uh, came up to me last week and told me a testimony of something that God did in his life, and it was awesome. Um, and he said he wanted to share it, but maybe the cold has kept him from us tonight. So, um, just just a, a wonderful testament of God's provision. So, I'll ask him ne- next week. We'll, try, we'll get him up here. Um, so, yeah, f- uh, forgive me. I, I do... I do um, prepare my sermons in advance, and that might surprise some of you, but I do. Um, <laughs> um, and I've, I've been, I've been um, just a, bit, a little bit messed up by this one, and not sure why exactly. Um, but, but normally, th- that's a sign that, that um, the Holy Spirit just wants to do some things. Um, so I, I, I'm going to say what, what he's put on my heart, um, and, then, and then we'll pray. And um, this could have been a really long sermon, because there, there are five or six scriptures which, um, which are relevant to what the Lord put on my heart. Um, and I, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, First Peter. But every time I went to them to really try and unpack them and to build a really considered theological argument, I just, I just, I just had a pause in my spirit every time with the Lord saying, don't complicate it tonight. Okay. Um, tonight is about me just saying some things from Scripture and some things that I believe he's saying to us as a body. Um, and then for us to pray um, and to tell the Lord whether we... Um, well, just where we stand was this call, okay? That'll make more sense when we get there. Um, before, I, before I start, something I wanted to share from two weeks ago, actually. Um, for those of you who are here for New Year's Eve, um, it was a really small group of us, but it was a time where, where many people shared testimonies, and in um, some of those testimonies, there, there were stories of trial and, um, and testing and difficulty. Um, and and those, are, those are beautiful testimonies. Not every testimony you get up at the front here is going to be about God doing the miraculous every time. Um, and um, we actually we went pretty long with the testimonies, so I didn't get to share mine. Um, and I just, I just thought this was relevant for us as a, as a body um, I don't think he was just speaking this to me. Um, but if you're part of this body, you know for the last few months, we've been going through a series on Naturally Supernatural. We haven't, we haven't finished that yet, okay? Don't get distracted. Um, this is all part of it. Uh, and, and, and part of that, we've been talking about um, some really amazing things, and we've been talking about some amazing promises that we see in Scripture. And we've talked about healing. 
And, um, and many of you won't know, um, although you know, we, did, we did actually pray for him during one of our services, um, during that whole time, there's a, a friend of this house um, who was diagnosed with cancer um, about 18 months ago, but it got particularly bad this past summer. And um, he's a man who's been very kind to me and my family and to other people in this church. Um, he loves God. And yeah, um, met with him, prayed with him, prayed for him, worshipped over him, did everything we needed to do. And, um, and he passed away um, just after Christmas. And so I was listening to people giving testimonies of, you know, of, of some hardship and, and God being in that hardship. And you know, it's, it's hard to do a series on the power of God and the miracles of God and you're praying for someone who's dying um, and to stay in hope and to stay with the awareness that this is always God. There's nothing in me that can make God do anything. He is always God. And I believe because I've seen it, I've seen him heal, and I've seen him heal even the worst things. Um, but in his wisdom, and he is God in this case, he didn't. And so two weeks ago, we, we, were, we were praying and, and then doing testimonies, and I, and I, and I just asked the Lord about this. Um, the why, Father? Or just what, what would you say to me in this time and I heard him, I heard the Holy Spirit say Psalm 23, verse 5 to me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. And I, and I felt the Lord as, as difficult as, as this is when we are facing challenges. And I just felt the Lord saying there are times, there are things in your life, things that you will go through and it's only in those times, it's only when you're in the presence of your enemies that I can set a certain type of table before you. And it's only in the presence of your enemies that you'll experience your cup overflow with my presence. And it's only in the presence of your enemies that you will know that your head is anointed by me and by my hand. And I, and I, I, I just felt him saying, trust me and keep pressing and keep asking. And maybe some of us, you know, are going through wrestles and, and struggles at the moment. And, and I would encourage you, ask the Lord, Father, show me the table you're setting before me in the presence of my enemies. Let my cup overflow with your presence. Anoint me. And see whether there are parts of God and there are aspects of God and there's a level of the presence of God that you encounter in, that, or in this challenge that you might not otherwise. And we'll see what the Lord does. I might come back to this at the end. So uh, last week, Matt had us pray uh, for the year ahead. Um, you know, and um, we're still in our series. So I, I, I prayed and I said, Lord, like I know what I'm preaching next week. And uh, it was going to be on, on the gift of tongues. I know some people are excited to hear that sermon, and once again, I've had to put it off. Um, but 
Um, it's going to be kind of tongues of the difference when I do. But so I said to the Lord, Lord, what's, you know, speak to me for the year ahead, for me or for the church. And this is what I heard the Holy Spirit say. And it was for us as a church. You are living stones. I will make you living stones for my presence. I will be a habitation for my people. And that was enough, actually. But then I heard him say, Declare, come to those who are thirsty. Welcome the sick and those who are bereft of hope and those who are in despair. And I will give them life. So that, that's what I heard him saying to me and that, that living stones phrase and, the, and the, the habitation of my people. It's actually a strange translation. Um, not many translations say habitation. Uh, the King James does. So maybe that's true. The Lord does truly speak through the King James. Um, that it is his Bible. Um, <laughs> um, but those phrases have, have captured me. Um, and then that, you know, the third thing that he said about um, the sick and those in despair and those that are hopeless. Thinking back to some of the words that we were given last, uh, last fall as a church about God moving, about a river of life flowing in here in increased measure, about miracles of healing happening in increased fashion, about people coming from far to meet him. And so I felt that these words were, again, a confirmation and, and a call for us to look at this year ahead. Um, and it's pretty simple tonight, actually. It's, it's about saying yes to that. So I wanted to read the scripture that ties into this and just say one or two things and then I want to pray. So Matt has read one already. I'll probably read it again because it's so important. But both Peter and Paul use these ideas of living stones being built into temples and being a habitation. So Paul writes in Ephesians 2, 19 through 21. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together for a habitation of God in the Spirit." We are being built together for a habitation of God in the Spirit. There's quite a few references in Corinthians. I'll read two of them. 2 Corinthians 6.16, Paul writes, For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. 1 Corinthians 3.16 do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? It's an amazing picture that we are temples of the living God. His Spirit is in us and that He actually takes each one of us as stones and He can build a temple out of us. 
a temple where he will come to dwell. Because he isn't just in Jerusalem anymore. He isn't just in that one temple. Jesus said that he is worshipped in spirit and truth everywhere. But he builds us. He builds his children. He builds us into temples of his presence. Individually and then more powerfully, corporately. He can take these stones and build something greater. As we come together. 1 Peter 2, the one, this is the verse 4 that Matt read. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen and precious in God's sight, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We are these living stones. And, and, you know, it's, we worship a God. He is worthy of all our worship. Um, but as Paul says, you know, he's rejected by the world. He's foolishness to the world. And yet he's our foundation. Now, I'm going to come back to that in February. Okay? It's really important for us. Um, I'm going to come back to this idea of what it means that we worship a God who's worthy of all of our worship, but he's rejected by the world. How do we live our lives in a world that rejects him even as we worship him? And build ourselves on him. Because the greater we build ourselves upon the foundation that's rejected by the world, the more the world will reject us. But the more of God we will have to give to the world that is broken. There's so much to unpack. Um, so like I said, I'm going to come back to this in February. If we go um, in a little bit more detail in First Peter, and again, this is so much to, to play with here, but um, we're in, in, in Peter's letter, he, he fleshes out a, a couple of conditions. Okay, and I'm just going to throw these out there. I'm, I'm, we're not going to deal with these tonight. But these are some of the things that he says. So in the, in the previous chapter, in, in chapter 1, verse 15, he says, But as he who called you is holy... You also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. It's a pretty immense command. Be holy, as I am holy. Completely and utterly unachievable, isn't it? It is only by the blood of Christ, and it's only by the grace of Christ that we walk in, and it's only by building our lives on him that we can even <laughs> think about approximating that. It's not going to be out of human effort. And too many churches, it's too many of us who, who, who live our lives and we try, and we try and become holy in order to be acceptable. But he is the one who will make us holy. He is the one that makes us blameless. But if we are going to be a habitation of God's presence, you can expect to encounter his holiness. And it's a glorious thing to say and it's a glorious thing to hope for and it's scary when it happens. Because your, your, your sin is going to feel horrible. And you're going to want to get rid of it, and that's glorious. But it might not always be easy when you encounter His glory and His holiness. In chapter 2 of the same letter, I won't read these sections, but Peter calls for all of those who are reading his letter to lay aside malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all evil speaking. 
that if we are to be a living temple of God, that these are the things that we will leave behind. No more critical spirit. No more grumbling. No more dissension. He calls us to crave the word of God like babies crave milk. Our life force, our substance. We cry without it. In chapter 1, verse 30, 22, he says to his readers, he commands them, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Again, against malice and against deceit and against envy and against grumbling, fervent love. Fervent love. Again, not something we do very well in our own strength. Some people are better at loving than others, let's be honest. But no one loves like Jesus does. No one loves fervently and perfectly with a pure heart, without Christ. But the more that his holiness is here and the more that we experience his presence, the more that his love will flow out of us as we experience his forgiveness and his grace. And we can be a place where love is fervent and pure. And then in verses 9 and 10, he calls us to praise God. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. His own special people. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Who once were not a people but are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Jesus brought us into light. He made us a royal priesthood. And we proclaim his praises. Um. You know, and I'd, we'll probably say this a lot over the next, next series, but as much as we talk about wanting to see God move, as much as, as we want to be a place where people experience him, experience him, he is always worthy of our praise. Always worthy. He doesn't have to do another thing. He's always worthy. But you know, what's, what amazes me so often... Um, in worship, we have, and I love our worship teams. You guys serve us so well. Thank you. Um, so often when I'm worshiping and, you know, and, and looking up at this beautiful cross that we have, this reminder of Jesus' sacrifice, and, I, and I'm talking to the Lord while I'm worshiping, and I'm asking him to speak to me, and I'm imagining him in heaven on his throne. And I tell you, nine times out of ten, he speaks to me, but he's right in front of me. That he's not just the God on the throne who deserves praise, but he is the God who is amongst us and with us. And he speaks to me face to face as a friend. That he's both of these things. Full of glory and wonder and awe. And our friend who comes to us in relationship. And finally, I, I, want, I want to read... Um, two verses from Isaiah 66. And these are, the, these are the verses that just messed me up today. And I'll try and make sense uh, of why. Thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. Heaven is my throne. And earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you will build me. And where is the place of my rest? 
For all those things my hand has made. And all those things exist, says the Lord. But on this one will I look. On him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. There is no place we can build for God that is worthy of his presence. He allowed Solomon to build him a temple to fulfill a promise he made. But there is nowhere that is worthy that human hands can construct. But he says, on this will I look on him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. And last week, if you, you, you were here, you remember we, we prayed and, and, we, and we issued uh, a, a word of surrender to the Lord. And if you've been here for a year, you know that we've been talking about surrender and humility. It feels like a year. <laughs> it was a long series or two. And I don't think that's an accident. I, I, I had no recollection of these verses throughout that entire series. And, I, and I, felt, I felt the Lord's favor, and I felt his good pleasure on us as a body, saying, I, I've seen your surrender, and I've seen your contrite spirit. None of us are doing it perfectly. But I know that we're, we're all trying. I know that we're all saying yes to it. And the Lord loves that. And the Lord is willing to make his house amongst those who have a contrite spirit and a humble heart. But then this last line, and who trembles at my word. And this, <laughs> I know this really got me today because um, it, it really brought the fear of the Lord into me. Um, I was actually scared to preach tonight when, when I read that. Um, in case I said something that, that he didn't want me to say. Uh, um, which is partly why the sermon is short. Shorter than it might otherwise be. Um, and I have maybe another four or five pages of things that, I, that I've, I've put aside because I'm just not sure. And whenever I, I started to go to them, I just felt the Lord saying, tremble at my word. Will you tremble at my word? Will you be a people who tremble at my word? Um... These words, these are some of the last words that Stephen spoke before he was martyred. Right at the end of one of the most beautiful passages of Scripture where he is declaring the truth of God and the story of God to the Pharisees. This is how he ends, before he judges them. But these are the words of Isaiah that he chooses to judge them because they do not tremble at the words of God. They do not recognize Christ. They know scripture, they claim to know scripture, but they do not tremble at it. And in their anger, as he re rebukes them, they kill him. But Stephen trembled at the word of God. Stephen trembled at the reality of Christ. And I, and I, <laughs> I felt the Lord saying, well, we tremble at his word. 
Will we tremble at his word? Um, and this is something that, that, that we, I'll have to unpack over time because I'm only beginning to wrestle with it. Um, but, but maybe as you, as you think through that phrase, you, you have an idea already what it means for you. For us as a body, I, I felt it was... Um, a declaration of hope, not a rebuke, but a declaration of hope again to remind me that the, that the things that I'd preached on in the fall, the things that others had preached on, as we are expectant for the Lord to move, and even as we face disappointment, that the Lord say, will you trust my word, and will you believe my word, even when it doesn't go according to how you think it should, will you believe my word? Will you tremble at what I have said? And so we have these general promises in Scripture, the promises of healing, and the promise of the power of the name of Jesus, and the promises to break bondage. Will we tremble at the power of those words? Because we can, we can think about them intellectually, we can try and understand them, we can be theological about them, and write a good essay or something. We, we can read them, and we can be hopeless, and we can dismiss them. Or we can tremble at the power that they contain. And we're not going to see God do what we want him to do every time. But if we want to see the Lord move, if we want to see bondage break, if we want to see the hopeless receive hope and the anxious break fear, the only one of those, the only one of those three ways that that's going to happen is the third way. It's not going to happen intellectually. It's not going to happen hopelessly. It will, hope, it will happen if we will tremble at his word and we will believe his word and we will let him be God. And, and some of us, some of us have, have promises over our lives. So we, we have the general revelation of scripture. We have the promises that Jesus himself gives us. And some of us have got promises over our lives as well. And we have promises over this church. And so, you know, just to remind you, because I'm, 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 I'm taking this to the Lord, and I'd love you to keep doing it. When, when someone who we know has a prophetic gift stands up in this building and says that the Lord is elevating you, and that people will come from afar, and you will see amazing Miracles of healing and people will get out of wheelchairs. We have a choice in how we respond to that word. Yeah, it's a prophetic word through a person, so we test it, absolutely. When we have tested it and we felt it is true and good, do we put it aside and say, well, that was a cool moment? Or do we say, you know what, I've had too much, too much disappointment, it's never going to happen? Or will we tremble at that word and say, Lord, How? what you require of us. I'll just be on my knees and ask you, Lord, will you do this? Will you fulfill your word? But I will tremble at your word. And just, just to remind us, and, and to those who are new in the house, 10 days after that man gave that word, a completely separate person who has never been here, who I've never met, gave me almost word for word the exact same prophet, prophecy over this church. 
The first guy who gave a word sent me a picture later saying, this is what I'd seen. It was a cell phone tower. The second guy who prophesied, prophesied in terms of a cell phone tower. Word for word. River of life. Miracles. People coming from afar. Encountering God. God emphasizing, okay, even if you don't trust the first one, will you trust the second one? Will you trust them both together? I've confirmed it already. Will you tremble at my word? Or will you just put it to the side and say, okay, Lord, please do this if, if, if you want it at some stage. And so I, um, I, 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 just, I, sense, I sense the Lord um, asking us whether we will take these words and we'll, and we'll hold this. When I, tremble is like holding them as, as something precious and weighty and, and, and trembling at the thought that we don't treat them like that. Does that make sense? And it, and it might just be that, you know, the Lord says something to you or he's, he has said something to you about this church or about you, about the year ahead. Can, can, we, can we make 2024 a year where, where we take the Lord's word seriously and we press in? And, let, and let's see what he does. Now, I can come here every day of the week and I can pray for three hours before I go to work. God might do something. He might honor that. You know, I know if there's 50 or 100 people here praying and seeking the Lord and saying, Lord, move, I know there's a lot greater chance that he will move as he sees us holding his word as precious and trembling at it. So just a quick... um, Quick idea of where I think the Lord's taking us. Um, I, th- I think we're going to see our January. Um, I'm going I'm to talk about one or two things like speaking in tongues with, with a difference. Um, don't be scared, okay? If it, uh, some people get scared, scared of that, it's in the Bible, it's good. Um, we're going to finish our January um, just talking about the supernatural, Naturally supernatural. And then, you know, you know, 2024 and for the rest of your lives, you're going to do that anyway, okay? You're going to be naturally supernatural. Um, I, I think, and I say I think, I'm, I'm like 90% sure, but who knows? The Lord might, I might be wrong, but I, I believe in February we, we're going to start um, talking about fear, okay? Um, I am I'm plagiarizing Jamie Winship um, in my proposed title for what we're going to be doing um, is fearless and free, okay? Fearless and free. And, then I, um, and, and part of that is going to be, um, a huge part of that is going to be just a, a working out, reminding us ourselves who we are, our identity in Christ. Um, and a significant part is, is going to be able to get to those things that Peter said. Um, malice and envy and all those things getting stripped away. Um, Stripping those things away is so, so rooted in knowing who we are in Christ and not operating out of fear and unbelief and rubbish that the world throws at us. But I'm hopeful that we will see fear break and we'll see anxiety break and we'll see some bondage break over people. Okay, so you know, it's, I want us to step into something where we can actually see the miracles of the Lord happen. Okay. And so as we do that, if you've got friends you know are struggling with certain things and you know we're preaching on that issue, bring them and let's just let's see what the Lord does. Okay. But if you have fear in you, I'm tired of fear, maybe you are too. Let's go after it and see if we can kick it. 
Okay. Um, so will you pray with me? And I, I just want us to... I just want us to pray a prayer of just declaring to the Lord a yes, that we will be expectant. A part, a part of going after fear, um, I also believe, is going to manifest in um, just a, an, an increase in freedom and worship. Uh, and that, <laughs> that will bring the Lord such delight. It's just seeing his children worship him more freely. Okay, not, um, we'll talk about that later, but just a freedom in our hearts and, 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 and coming here expectant that he will move. So let's pray. Jesus, um, Lord, we, we are hopeful for your promises. And for what you want to do in this body this year. And what you want to do in your sons and your daughters, Father. Jesus, thank you that you have made us living temples. That your spirit already resides in us. But Father, we say yes to that, that word of, of you building us as living stones into a habitation of your presence. That we will be a people where you increase and where we see the reality of your kingdom come and the defeat of darkness over people's lives. Jesus, will you forgive us? Will you forgive us for, for being blasé and complacent about worship? For being unexpectant? Lord, would you wash... Will you wash those things off us? Wash passivity off us. And Holy Spirit, would, would you deposit, deposit in us expectancy and hope and belief in the reality of a living God who loves to be encountered? And Jesus, we recall the promises of your word, the promises of your spirit, the promises of your kingdom, the promises of the power of your name, the promises of the fruit of your spirit. And we adore your word, Lord, and we revere your word. And we tremble at your word. Come and have your way here, Lord Jesus. 
form a temple for your presence. Increase Jesus in this place. Be praised and glorified in this place. Jesus, our King. We ask all these things, Father, in the name of your precious Son, our Savior, our King, Jesus Christ. Amen. You got a song for us? Let's worship. <laughs>